0: Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. And it's another week here at Inside.
1: Inside Sales. How are you doing, folks? I am fresh off the plane from Columbus, Ohio, where I was hanging out with Ed Porter and crew at the local AISP chapter. And it was a fantastic session where we're talking about the power and the role of the buyer in the sales cycle. So it was fun. Great guest speaker. Awesome crowd there. The folks at Columbus really know how to put on a party. We were the sponsors. Kind of cool, kind of fun. Total sidebar, not related to the show. But if you're not active in the AAISP, the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals, You might want to check them out. Chapter meetings all over the place. I would love to uh, tell you more about that. If you have any interest, let me know. I'll be their advocate. Right now, we're the global sponsor of them everywhere for all the chapters. So that's kind of cool. But why is all that relevant? Duros, Travels, you, you don't care. I get it. I don't care either sometimes, but I'll tell you why it's relevant. We're talking about the buyer, as I mentioned. Part of that was really how do you connect with the buyer? How do you actually get them to respond? That was part of the conversation. And when the challenge often that we have in our sales gig that we do is how do you actually open that door? How do you get them to respond to your outreach? How do you get them to agree to take a meeting? Because, and this is part of the conversation I had in Columbus, is you know I am that buyer, as we've talked about before, in my role here at the company. I own the budget. And I'm a great case study for what buyers are like. I can be a dick sometimes, folks. Yeah, I can be an absolute ass. Because I'll ignore you. I'll just like, yeah, right. I don't have time for that. I'll judge you. You'll send me your pitches. And I'm like, oh, so, and this is what I say in my head. All right. Oh, so it's all about you. And you could care less about me. Good to meet you, too. So these are the kind of things that we buyers go through. And it was interesting because then that led to a conversation I had last night. So I got off the plane from Columbus. And I hopped in my car and I made a mad dash for another networking event that we were sponsoring. It was a LinkedIn local. If you don't do LinkedIn local events, check them out. You should. Great place, especially because social selling is a big part of what we do, of course. And we're talking about this podcast right here. And I was bragging about you guys, all of you guys. So saying how awesome you are and how you reach out to me and you talk to me. And if you haven't sent me an email or pinged me on LinkedIn with your idea of who I should talk to, what I should talk about, please do that. The question I was getting was, how do I get my guests? And how do I attract them? They're like, hey, so-and-so just got so-and-so. Can you believe that? And I was, again, a dick where I said, so-and-so. I had so-and-so a year ago. Like, come on. You know, what's the big deal? And they're asking, well, how do you do it? And I started to realize the whole idea of getting guests on a podcast or guests on a webinar are the exact same thing as getting someone to respond to your outreach and sales. It truly is. It's a lot about you, you, you. It's about what's in it for me to the recipient. And so for me, when I reach out to a guest, one of the things often... You know, maybe we follow each other on social media. And if not, then I'll send a connection request. That's usually how I started every single time. Not always. Not today's guest was we started very differently. But I'll say, hey, you know, been following you for a while. I really like your stuff. Uh, I especially liked when you said this on that, which got me to thinking you might be a really good guest on our Inside Inside Sales podcast. So first and foremost, I just wanted to connect. If you have any interest in joining us sometime, just let me know. And I sent a connection request. It's very much, I just want to follow, but here's a teaser. And nine times out of 10, they always take it and they always say, well, tell me more about the podcast. Well, because that's what's in it for them, right? A little exposure, a little visibility, but it wasn't a hard sell. And then I tell them how it works and, and how we promote it and how much visibility they get and All that wonderful stuff. And on webinars, I can go one step further and say these are many leads we're going to share with you. So it's good for your business. So your cost of acquisition is minimal. And when I kind of do that stuff, it starts the conversation out on a fantastic even playing field. I control the power because it's my platform, but they know they're a draw, they're a guess. And they know I'm not hard pitching them, but they know it's kind of a mutual relationship. And from that, away we go. And I have a really good track record of getting people to say yes. There's only one person who ever said no to me. And to this day, It bugs the living crap out of me. I'll be honest with you. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? But that's an aside. I'm speaking to my therapist about it. I thought to myself after the conversation in Columbus and the conversation in the LinkedIn local, well, you know, this is actually a really relevant conversation around how do we open the door to more meetings? What tactics should we use? And then I said, well, of course, who, who? who, cool, my friends, would we'll be good at this? And the person that came to mind immediately was today's rock star guest, Barbara Giamanco. Now, if you don't know Barbara, kind of spell her last name for you. So it's G I A M A N C O, and I spell it so you can find her on LinkedIn, which is what you should be doing now if you're at a computer. If not, do it later. She's the CEO of Social Centered Selling. As she says, we're basically igniting sales transformation. And a big part of that is this. So... That's what we're talking about today, folks. She's going to teach us how to open the door to more sales meetings, get more responses, connect with the people, and get the outcomes that you are seeking in your sales efforts, which, of course, is what we're all measured on. Barbara, welcome to the show, my friend.
2: Hey, Daryl. Thank you so much for having me board. And I'm not sure if I'm going to have anything else to add to the conversation. You did such a great job with the lead-in.
1: Oh, well, I think you will. I think you're being <laughs> humble. Because you, you're quite the little player yourself and not just an accomplished salesperson. I'm not trying to suck up to you, but you've had a lot of success. Am I wrong? Are you not the right person for this topic? Because I know this is something that I've seen you talk about and speak to specifically.
2: Yes, I think I have a lot to say on the matter because, first of all, everything that you just described, we're going to talk about this later. I run a podcast I've only had maybe one or two guests not sign up, and I kind of know why that is. Um, but what it gets down to for me is it's a give-first mentality. Even long before we had social, that's how I sold. I looked for opportunities to do something for the other first. And when you do that with a genuine attitude, because people know the BS from the real genuine attitude, it is amazing want to talk to you, find out more about you, et cetera.
1: It is. I mean, I'll give an example. So I just had a connection request this morning from some woman who's in marketing. So right away, that's a soft spot for me because I'm in marketing. And I'm like, oh, what does my fellow marketer want? But then her first pitch was, Daryl, have you, you know, in the connection request, it wasn't Daryl, hi, Hawaii. It was, Daryl, have you given any consideration to using augmented reality in your marketing campaigns? And you look <laughs> at her title and you look at the company and you go, okay, so this is what they do, clearly. My immediate reaction was like, I'm fine, thanks for asking. How are you? I know. And then I said, no, I'm not accepting this connection request, gone. That's not how I want my network. And so when I hear you say it's a give first mentality, she was exactly the opposite. It wasn't about me. She wasn't giving me bupkis. Uh, She was taken. She wasn't even trying to be coy about it. It was so transparent. And therefore, she did not open the door to a sales meeting with me. In fact, she lost that opportunity completely. And I'm talking about her now. How does somebody know Barbara, that they are in a give-first mentality? Too many salespeople think they are, but they're not.
2: A great question. I think that it's got to come from the heart. You have to be willing to say, I put my sales agenda to this moment. I think one of the things that, Daryl, people have convinced themselves of is that if you have a give-first mentality, it means you're never going to ask for a sales opportunity. It's not true either. Because human beings, being who we are, When someone genuinely appreciates you, does something for you, we want to reciprocate. I mean, that's not just my opinion. That is based on all kinds of technology and research and everything else. And you say to yourself, how can I help them first? What can I do first? Then the rest starts to play out. So a great example. We're both Top Sales World community. And Top Sales World this year, they uh, announced their top keynote speaker. And not only did I was cool, but I sent an email to every single speaker congratulating them. And as it turned out, many of the speakers didn't even know that they had been, you know, <laughs> they had been actually on this uh, this list. So it was pretty prestigious. And all I did was say, you know, this is really fantastic. I've been in top sales world for a long time. Glad to have you as part of the family. That was it. But what I can tell you is a lot of salespeople would start with the genuine intent and then themselves, they want to roll into a pitch.
1: Yes. Yes. They start with a good idea and then ruin it all by rolling into the pitch.
2: Well, because the problem is they're trying to make the sale in the first contact. And that is exactly the wrong thing that you're trying to do. What you're trying to do is actually establish a human to human connection, which especially in B2B selling You know, that doesn't change. But here's an email that came to me this morning, Daryl. And by the way, if anyone looks at my LinkedIn profile, they'll see right in the headline. It says, ditch the pitch. And I've been saying it for uh, years. But I get this email a couple of weeks ago, which I ignored because it says, I'm wondering if I can stop by your office sometime and introduce myself virtually. I love face-to-face meetings. and Google Hangouts is a great way to make it more personable at such and such advertising they say they disrupt by the way uh they say we work with a lot of companies like yours to get more out of their google and facebook ads blah 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 well first of all if they knew anything about me if they'd done any homework whatsoever i've never run a google or facebook ad of my <laughs> life <laughs> number one number two why would I stop everything I'm doing to me with you? Because you love face-to-face meetings. Well, hallelujah, let's stop the day just for you. I'm going to share a few tips about what you can do. But remember, you want people to engage with you. And you can call me old school, but even more so today than ever, you rarely get a second chance to make a great first impression. If you, like this person you're talking about, Do the connect and pitch in the invite, or you invite and they connect with you and then you turn around and pitch. They're going to delete you and your chance is over. So doesn't it make a little more sense to spend a few minutes of time thinking a little more intentionally about how you can give first to the the buyer is the only matters, honestly.
1: I just did a session on this. I was speaking recently at a show called SAS North topic was about why social selling is not working for you on LinkedIn. And we went through oh, all, yes. all the mistakes people made. And I, that was actually one of the topics I actually hit on was I said that moment in time, the slide was like, why are they not responding to your outreach, right? And I first thing I said was, you're trying to short-circuit the process and pitch, introduce and pitch within one step. It doesn't work that way. It's a multi-step process. Just because you want to go fast, you know, it's working against you. And yeah, so I totally agree with you that that is stupid and that is self-centered. And what was cool, folks, did you just see what barbara just did there she just said oh isn't that beautiful that you want to do face to face and i don't really give two hoots about it all right again so barbara remember i said i can be a dick sometimes so barbara was being a dick so buyers <laughs> can be dicks all right that's what you got to look at okay, and this is what
2: first, we- man i don't think anybody's ever called me that but
1: i'll <laughs> take it you'll, you'll <laughs> take it right this is how we react. And so why are you shocked when it doesn't work, folks? This is how we react. Unfiltered. All
2: right. Unfiltered. Well, also, to be fair, can I take a baseball bat to the heads of the sales managers out there? Who constantly yes. Harp on people. More activity, more activity, more activity. Well, I'm no genius. I'm pretty smart. I know that if the activity doing is not working, doubling down on doing more of it is just making the problem worse. All
1: right. I know... When we've talked about this, you talk about the importance of research to actually find insights that are relevant to your prospects. How are you using research? I'm assuming you're using the research and then you're personalizing the message or what?
2: Absolutely. So the first step is research. And by the way, don't use this as an excuse to go down a rabbit hole and not do your job. We're looking for a couple of one, two, three key insights. In my case, let's say, the chief market, uh, marketing officers, people like yourself. All right, so what I'm going to do is I've got my target list. I can Google business intelligence, any number of tools. You can quickly gather one to three insights that are going to probably be applicable to everyone who's in that role in sort of that, com- that space, that industry. There you pick one that you can use to message that for should be no longer four sentences. Well, let me give you a great example since we're talking about chief marketing officers. Last year, something really interesting happened in that first Adobe put out a report about chief marketing officers and kind of trends and how they were or were not being valued in the organization. And I found that to be a really interesting report. They were talking about how how the C-suite viewed them and it was very positive. Coincidentally, a day later, I am an avid reader, the Harvard Business Review shows up at my house huge five-page article about what the world of a CMO is like these days. And it had a slightly less positive slant to it. And I thought, oh my gosh, I've been wanting to do something with some of these uh, chief marketing officers. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take those two articles, give them a quick compare, contrast, and ask if they could give me their opinion. That was it. The idea is you look for something that you can leverage that you know is going to be similar, but you don't stop there. So if I'm going to go talk to Daryl, then I'm going to go look at Daryl's LinkedIn. But don't be silly and say, Daryl, I like your podcast. You'd led with, because that drives me crazy. Oh, I really like your book. Really? What what part of it did you actually Exactly. <laughs> Because they didn't. Same with the podcast. So, you know, say, well, Daryl, I really liked when you talk with Barb Mako about such and such. That was really great insight. So you take a minute and you personalize. But the point is, Daryl, a lot of people complain this takes so much time. And in less than an hour, I can put together a well-thought-out campaign, but it's because I batched similar parts of the work. And then I go in and personalize. So I think people get frustrated to keep hearing personalization at scale. And it just seems very overwhelming because no one really knows what to do.
1: All right. So I love what you're saying there. We're going to take a quick break. When I come back, we're going to carry on the conversation, but I'm going to tell you how the advice I gave my audience on the very topic that Barbara just gave us. And we'll see how we compare. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. CRM was
3: designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing-qualified leads into sales-qualified leads. According to user reviews, Vanilla Soft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try Vanilla Soft for free at
1: VanillaSoft.com. Okay, we're back. I promised you that I would share what I share with my audience, SAS North. And what I shared was you can personalize on three different attributes. One, you can personalize on the individual by going to the profile and, and picking up some nuances. Two, kind of 1A, 1B. 1B is you can personalize based on some of the comments, right? So I love what you said to Joe Schmo about that topic, A. I was on your side the whole time. I couldn't believe that John Doe said otherwise. So therefore, I had to connect with you. Bing. So that's number one. Number two, you connect exactly what Barbara just said on industry. I love your example of the CMO example. Here's two different competing articles. Compare, contrast. What do you think? That is adding value. So boom. And number three, you can target on persona. The industry could be high tech or could be insurance, could be healthcare, but the persona could be like the CMO, right? CMOs these days are typically facing the following problems. And it was interesting because read's article in HBR, check this out. And we're just curious what your thoughts are. Boom. No ask other than what are your thoughts, but bing, it's not a pitch fest. So we're in line with that. Now you, you don't stop there. You talk about, you've got a process to actually get meetings, but so it's not just the research. What's your process? Is it like a 42 step? Is it 12 step recovery process? What is it?
2: <laughs> Let's say I'm focusing on technology and telecommunications. Just what I told you about the research, it's quick, it's fast. You can do it in 15 minutes if, uh, if you know what you're looking for. And so I grabbed sort of like, what are the potential business problems that people in the role in those similar companies are facing? Uh, and also in the CMO example that I just gave, Daryl, I said, hey, you can respond with your comments or if you want to spend 15 minutes, here's my meeting. Like, guess what? In less than 24 hours, the 35 people I emailed, 28 booked a meeting. Wow. Okay. Holy yeah. smokes. But invariably, every single one near the end asked me, what do I do?
1: I said, hey, so what do you do?
2: We've talked about me a lot. What what do you do? What do you do, right? So now it's about writing the message. And remember I said, whole email should be about four sentences. That's my opinion anyway. And with a personalized insight, Barb heard the podcast with Daryl. Hey, this is a problem I've noticed execs in your role are facing here's what some other companies are thinking about or trying to do the problem. Would you be interested in chatting about that for a couple of minutes? I'd be interested in getting your opinion. Now, nowhere am I saying my sales pitch, I'm not talking about my product. I'm saying, here's what some other companies Are thinking about that problem. And then the third piece is suggesting a meeting to discuss further, but short, like 20 minutes and you got to go into the meeting without a pitch. So right, I've got that ready to go. Now I'm sure all your folks have CRM systems. What I do is three little templates into HubSpot, my initial message, a brief follow-up that tweaks it a little bit, because if you send me one more email that says, did you get my last email? (laughs) I'd have to hang you. a little bit. And then I shift up the third one. And then if, if they don't inter- interact or engage directly, that I put them off to the side and I nurture. But I think about the impression I'm making in all three of those instances and beyond, uh, always with the end goal to be behaving in a way that keeps me on the radar, but thinking about me in a positive way. So that's it. Do a new campaign right now, Daryl. Literally, I could be done in 45 minutes. It's not hard once you just get into the habit of
1: it. And that's the thing. A lot of people are, are shying away from doing that, that initial homework, is called, if you will, initial setup. Invest in your investing your end result. Play the long game. So I love that. All right. So we've got you're researching, you're doing it quick and dirty. You're doing it based on the individual and how you know who they are or how they engage. You're doing it on the industry are you doing it on the persona? I love that. Four, mess, uh, four sentences. You're not pitching. It's not a one-step pitch. Huge. It's not you're, a pitch. It's In fact, not a pitch.
2: I out for a book two months ago called You've Got Eight Seconds. And whether that's phone, email, you've got eight seconds to really make an impression. Trying to get a sales conversation. So by leading with something that's going to be valuable for them, that demonstrates a little bit of thought to what's important.
1: And it goes back full circle to what we said. What's in it for me? That's what they want to know. It's not about you right now. It's about them. Yeah, it's context. It's context. What's in it for me? Plus, this is not a pitch. This is just relationship building. I love it. Okay. Before we leave today, I would be remiss if I did not bring up something that you are a massive evangelist around. I would love you to tell us because you are such an advocate for women in sales. So perhaps you can tell us about all you're doing there because this may shock you. A large part of my audience are female.
2: (laughs) No, it doesn't. It doesn't. uh, It doesn't shock me, but I'd like the audience to be larger. Agreed you know i I've, I've been in sales 25 plus years i've always loved the career i started out in tech male dominated here as we go into the new year it's still disappointing to me 36% of women in the sales ranks only about 19% are in sales leadership and that's a bummer but it happens for a few reasons now i've always been an advocate for women This is about revenue, profitability, customer experience, all those things that drive the needle on a business's success. And study after study is just proving that when you have more diversity, but specifically more women in your sales ranks, you are closing more deals more often at a much higher profitability. And sorry guys, but women often outperform you pretty consistently. So, not my opinion, uh, it's reality. But the other thing is, Daryl, you know, a lot of women still have sort of this uh, misperception about what selling is all about. And so, a lot of the work that I do, especially the, the conversations with women in sales, is we want to attract women into a career in selling. So, uh, we're helping to move the needle on the leadership side of it. And then, really, the education for everybody, because even though it's a conversations with women in sales podcast, I have a lot of guys who listen.
1: Yeah. Well, if they're smart, they'll listen. So, for for my audience, yeah, especially you know, in this case, not not obviously not the guys can are welcome, but for the women especially, if they want to get involved with you and have access to your resources, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: I would love to have them go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn. They're welcome to email, barbara.gmscs-connect.com. Uh, thank you to my ex-husband. I'm the only Barbara Giamonco in the world. And say hello. If you'd like to be invited to be a guest on the show, come on. The, my only request is that you've been in a sales role six months, but everybody's welcome. I interview women at all levels. And we also have an amazing Slack channel, Daryl, that's open to any woman in sales to join in, and just join in the camaraderie. I
1: love it. I love it. And just for context, the number one sales rep at Vanilla soft is a very talented woman. There you uh, go. She was just nominated. Uh, she did not win, but she was a finalist for a Sales Professional of the Year with the British Excellence in Sales Management Association. So, she was in good company, and she is I hate to say this. She is a very young woman who's going to go places. She will break those glass ceilings that so many are unfortunately afflicted with. So big fan, big fan. And at the end of the day, folks, it's like this. If you can hit your numbers, I love you. And there's no reason. uh, uh, Anyway, I'm going to get on my soapbox here.
2: A good point that I know we should probably end with two things. One the great things about being in sales. And I figured that out early on. Numbers are a great equalizer. You do a great job in your your role. I'm sure, are there things that can get in the way or people may have biases? Yeah, but don't focus there. Focus on just being a rock star and that will pay off for you. That is really, really super important. And then the other thing I really want to make clear, Daryl, because invariably somebody brings it up. So let me just put it on the table right now. When I talk about diversity and inclusion and the business rationale for bringing more women into sales, the unqualified women. So don't even bother me by asking me that question. We always want the most qualified people in those roles and often it's women. So boom,
1: there's Boom, mic drop. I love it. All right, folks, if you like what Barbara Giamanco has to say, reach out to her on LinkedIn. If you're a fine, talented sales professional of the female orientation, check her out. She's got a lot of resources that will help you be more successful. But in the meantime today, folks, hopefully you're a little bit smarter. On how to open the door to more sales meetings. My name is Daryl Prale, and this wraps up another episode of Inside Inside <laughs> Sales. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Be good.
0: You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside Inside Sales, hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. Sponsored by VanillaSoft. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales, hosted by Daryl Prale, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. Sponsored by VanillaSoft.